In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 296. Boom. The band is back together. Oh, hello. Eric Anthony and Dave How are you, How's it going, pal? Good, dude. Good, thank you. Had a nice little nice little time away, but missed the chance to join in with the old Andrew McQueen interview last oh. week. So, oh. Thank you for helping oh. put that all together, because that was really oh. uh, your networking that Thanks did it. For it. Nah, it's cool. It's, it's, I just knew that you'd, be, you'd have fun doing it. And it's just great to, to listen to how people get into comics because, you know, whether you're a creator or a fan, I mean, do you think you can't be a creator and not be a fan? Yeah, so I, no. I can't. Some people come up, like you meet a couple people who are not the collector or they're, they're, they're fans of like being artists. But, some, but yeah, it's like, how can you not be, how can you not love this? It, it almost yeah. feels like that's the cool part about the hobby is that the people who make it feel strongly about the art uh, the art form yeah and that's the fun yeah. part it's the fun part and like, it's funny because like i'm listening to so many people lately it's it's quite nice being able to hear um creators talk about what they do but it's just that belief as well that in terms of storytelling and it's done in terms of creativity hearing creators people like Brian K. Vaughan and that say like comics are the best storytelling medium even if they've got a TV series coming out comics are the best storytelling medium yeah like, it is you're damn right but I'm still having those conversations with non-comic fans I'm going like is The Walking Dead worth a watch I'm like the first series is good but the comic's so much better and I know you're going to go oh yeah you're going to say that you big nerd like no the comic is so much better but I know they won't read it I'm at that point myself telling myself that because all all that the hobby has become is the next movie. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. And and I and I'm very very happy that we've gotten to see the movies that we've gotten to see because it there's there has been a lot of um I don't know, like that fan fulfillment like whoa, like look it's the, like the Avengers, like there they are, they're on the screen. Cool. Like you get yeah. that moment, and that's great. And I'm I love definitely. it. I love it. But now I'm at the point where it's kind of like I roll my eyes half the time, and <laughs> I always tell myself, "I'm like, don't worry about it, because the comic is better. You read the comic. Yeah. People are gonna say, "What did you think? Did you watch it? What did you think? Is it good?" It's like, you know what? I haven't watched it yet. I would rather read the comic. At this point, saying that, yes. I saw, yes. last week, one comic adaptation, which is the first one I've seen in a while, and there's one I want to watch, which is the first time that's happened in a while. Okay. But both will surprise you. Yes. And you'll probably go, no, for both of them. Like, can I guess? So the one, yeah, guess, guess, go for it. One is The Boys. Oh, no, I have been watching that. I almost don't count it because it's so different. Okay. So one is a comic adaptation. I do love it. Haven't finished mm-hmm. it. I've watched season one. Uh, a comic adaptation. 
It was a film. It was a film. Mm. Was is it when you say comic adaptation? Is it like across the board of all of the genres or superhero based? Superhero based. Okay, 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 okay. You watch. <laughs> just tell me. I'm gonna stay. Here. Shall I just tell you? It was DC Super Pets, basically the League of Super Pets. I want to see that. I took my kids while we were away. Was there it was good? this little cinema there. It was all right. It's kind of you know you get um, kids films that are, they're kind of they're still films for everybody. Yeah. Because even though they're like kids films in inverted commas, they're just films. You know, because you're still having fun. It's like with Toy Story. There's enough adult elements in it for you to be invested in the characters right, and all that right. kind of stuff. Um, League of Super Pets is a kid's film. It's very, it's very simple. But saying that, I don't want to spoil It's not really a spoiler, but there are some bits in it that surprise me. So normally in a kid's film, the language will be modified for, for that audience. Whereas in this one, there are a few bits where people swear, but it's beeped. Oh, which doesn't normally happen. And it, it's kind of shocking because you don't normally have that in a kid's film. Right. Um, and it happens about three times. Interesting. What did and you, I didn't want to have, be asked the question, like, what did they beep out there? Like, uh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> what, did, what did you think about the uh, Harley Quinn trailer on HBO Max that I shared with you? Um, it does look like it's trying very hard to be adult in that Deadpool way um, you know where it's like it's you've got all the F-bombs and you've got all the kind of adult level humour and dick jokes and spunk jokes and whatever else but it's still puerile so it's still kind of for kids you know it's not like highbrow humour um, it felt like that but it's one of those things as well with these trailers is where I think like are they going for that to get you to watch it and actually it's not like that because I just don't trust trailers. What's so funny about it? Well, they have a trailer where there is no cursing in it. They just talk. Oh, really? Yeah, I was surprised. I'm like, this actually is a little bit better. Not that I'm opposed to... I grew up listening to 90s hip-hop, so curse words are always rattling in my head. But I felt like it was so juvenile and like raunchy yet going out of its way to be progressive. Yeah. And it's lame to me. It, but that's when it feels forced. If something feels forced, because the thing is you could take anything and take all the sweary bits out. Like, like you could basically, I think there was one episode in particular where we had more swearing in it than normal. And you could go like, look how, how like aggressive the language is in this episode. But it's just the way it's edited. Like I work with people who edit film right so i can understand the difference in an edit with really minor changes right so if you're talking about a whole series or a film and you're turning it into a three-minute trailer right right you've got a massive amount of choices to what you can pull it pull out of it to make it come across the way someone wants it to come across and with the trailer that's not necessarily the filmmaker who gets to okay that it's often the studio Right. So that can be down to the studio's agenda or the, what the studio want you to think you're buying into. It's like, prime example is, oh no, prime example is one I can't remember the name of, uh, Entrapment. So basically, in the 90s, 
in the night. My mate said this to me a little while ago. Do you remember that trailer for Entrapment with um, um, Michael Douglas' wife? What's what's her name? Catherine Zeta-Jones, where she's going underneath Catherine the, the laser. So she's going under. Everyone oh, knows, like oh. most guys will know that that bit. He Ooh. said, "Yeah, you know that bit which goes under under the beam. That's it. You never see anything else. Like, don't bother. Don't." <laughs> But it's like they use that the way they utilize that in the trailer is to get you to go, I gotta watch that, man. You know, just as red blooded male, I gotta watch that. Especially like, I think I was a teenager when it came out, so you're going like, okay, um, I'll give that a look, but I, I never did. Um, so I don't actually really like Catherine Zeta Jones, but yeah, it's just it's the edit, it's it's how you it's advertising. Yeah. That's all it is. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there are two versions of it. I'd, I'd be intrigued to watch it to compare, to watch Harley Quinn, that is, not Entrapment, to compare <laughs> the episode, an episode with the trailer, just to see. I don't know how long those episodes are. Are they, are they 20 minutes? You know what's 25? weird? I got these weird preferences that don't really make sense. But like... I never, I never really like when cartoons swear that way I don't know why what? it feels like it's trying too hard no matter what it is yeah. are there any exceptions I mean I know South Park you've got you know certain cartoons that are purposefully raunchy but I, even like in comics where where they turn the character into like even seeing a, a, a DC Marvel character other than maybe a Wolverine or Deadpool, I don't really buy other characters being so foul-mouthed. I guess because I'm so used to reading dialogue where mm. they always avoid avoid it, or they, even when they put it in the expletive you know, edits. Yeah. You can't really know. Like, what did he even say that would have made sense there? <laughs> Sometimes I try to fill it in. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work. No, did he say... I did that this week. Yeah. Like, I was going like, I can't think of anything that fits in there logically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is almost where like the beep would come in. Because I'm like, Captain America just wouldn't drop an F-bomb. I don't know why. I wouldn't buy it. No. No. Punisher makes sense. Yes. Yes, exactly. A lot of them. I could see him like... Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited for any of the movies that have been announced to come out? I know you don't really care for the MCU and all of the... Well, no, that's the weird thing, because the film that I want to watch, I know is going to be really bad. Um, but I'm curious to see what they did with it, which was Bloodshot. Oh. So they made Bloodshot with Vin, Vin Diesel, I think. Are they making another one? They're making Harbinger into a film. I missed the boat on that. Speaking of Harbinger. It's really literally just been announced. Speaking of Harbinger, let's just not talk about the movie. Sorry, everybody. We're not going to talk about the San Diego Comic-Con announcements. We're going to get real geeky and nerdy. We're going to talk about Valiant Comics for a second. (laughs) And if you haven't read or heard of Valiant Comics, try to check it out however which way you can. Buy them digitally. How are you enjoying the Valiant universe, Mr. Dave Molyneux? It's funny because I think when I first tried Valiant, I had my post-Marvel hangover. I think I didn't really want to get into a universe again. And I was 
put off. I think like I saw it very simplistically in terms of like Harbinger's meant to be X-Men, okay. And then Bloodshot's kind of supposed to be Deadpool-y Wolverine or something. Right. Punisher, everything. And then, you know, like, okay, Exo's really, Exo Manor was brilliant. Um, but I feel like if I'm going to invest in it, I want to make sure I really like everything so I can buy everything. You know, I was in that yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah, completest mindset. And then I just kind of went, I don't think, I'm liking buying the indie books. I'm going to just drop. I think that's what happened. So I couldn't quite remember. And then I think when I was rereading it, I was like, yeah, I think I remember why I dropped everything. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm loving it. Like, I've got a whole different view on it. Harbinger, I like so much. I'm really curious to see where it goes. Um, I've just hit Harbinger Wars. Bloodshot's okay, but I'm, I'm willing to stick with it. It's not bad. It's good. It's a good series, but it's not. It's, you know, if, if it was standalone, I probably wouldn't carry on with it. The subsequent series. The Jeff Lemire stuff, I, that's why I'm hanging in. I want to get to that. Yeah, I read I read Bloodshot. I, that was the one character I didn't care for myself. Uh-huh. And I read him because of the Harbinger Wars, because of tie-in. Yes. So I'm like, even this guy's kind of cool. Like, I'm being introduced to these characters, whether I like them or not. They do this sort of synergy that's never feels forced i'm like I, I like how you you hear about the what's what are the the harda harada group and then harada foundation and the um rising spirit yes yes these different groups right you start to yeah and then you hear it in in an exo book or you hear it in a nin, ninjack book and like yeah and it, it's not so big you know who the major players are. There's about three or four major players in this uh-huh. universe. Whereas with when you get into Marvel and DC or whatnot, there's a lot of cities. A lot of them are fake yeah. cities. Um, well, there was a there was a feature on some website that said like how many. Someone asked the question, how many underground civilizations are there in New York in the Marvel universe? And it was like there were so many it would actually be unfeasible for them to exist. That's what I mean. Because they're on top of each other. And that's just one tiny aspect of right. the movie. Exactly. Like, all these characters live in New York City. And Spider-Man never swung by and he saw Thor with the Midgard Serpent. Like, no. He's not. They're all uh-huh. in the same universe. N- not this time. Not today. And when Venom's kicking <laughs> around and kidnapping, only Spider-Man's around to, to like, yeah. Daredevil lives on the street. I know how close <laughs> they are to each other. If you've walked in like Manhattan, you know how cl- how easy it is to get to each other. You're like, where are you guys? What are you guys doing? <laughs> he's right? busy. You've got to read that issue to find out what he's doing. Exactly. But but going back to Valiant, you you get very acquainted with the universe one way or the other, and it makes you want to say, I'll, I'll maybe check that out. So I kind of reverse engineered Bloodshot, where I read. Uh, Bloodshot Reborn or Bloodshot Salvation, one of the two Jeff Lemire series, and yeah, when they came out with the com- the definitive collection of Bloodshot before the movie came out, it was like twenty bucks, and you got fourteen issues. Like, I'll yeah, get, I'll get that. I liked the character. Now I had already grown to like the character, so now I'm like, oh, I'm actually enjoying seeing where he comes from, knowing yeah. how good this character actually becomes. And and the miniseries Valiant. It's 
really good one. Oh yeah, that's on my list. I'm, I'm really well. The thing I'm, I'm just going to read it all in order. I'm I'm down with it now. It, that was a funny thing because I was kind of like, I don't think I want to do a universe thing. And then started reading some Batman, and then ended up getting sucked into DC side. Oh boy! So like, I ended up doing it anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at what they've got coming up. Well, what they've got coming up is already coming out. But it's you can see that a lot of it can still be read standalone. Like yes. there was a recent Rye Deluxe Edition, and if you've never read any. You can still read that standalone. It's right by Dan Abner. Just read the whole series, and it's all in the deluxe. Um, and it seems like they've designed it in that way where you're not obligated to buy fifty titles a month. It's which is nice. The thing is, I love doing that, so I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah, but um, you don't have to, and so it's not that intimidating thing of going, "Yeah, but I don't know where to start." Like, just start anywhere. Pick up what you like the look of. Yeah, yeah, and and. Ivar the Time Walker is connected to uh, oh, Archer like and Armstrong, and they're connected to uh, Eternal, Eternal Warrior, Warrior, who has ties to everybody. Uh-huh. Like it's it's so that's the thing. If you read it all, it's kind of like with more like Sin City, I think, than Marvel or DC. And that if you read it, because you know I love Sin City, <laughs> but if you read it all, <laughs> there are references. Yeah, it's you're not obligated. You know, you don't have to read book one, then book two, then book two. You can just read a chunk of story and go, yeah, I like that, or I didn't. Um, but you don't have to read everything. You, you, there's no there's no obligation to, to do everything. So just have fun with it. I think what they could probably do with doing is re-releasing the deluxes because they are beautiful books. Yeah. And the older ones, some of them are going for like 600 quid. Yeah, I'm not sure, like... When I used to talk to Matthew Klein, I don't know if you ever heard any of those episodes, he was the sales, like VP of sales. So I would ask him, like, you going to release some of these deluxe editions? Like, are, are you going to put out compendiums? And it was always kind of like, well, you know, all these things we're considering, got to look at all the different parts of the market. And he's giving you the businessman answer, which you know is the right one. Because I don't yeah. know. Because he said for them, single issues was still the best way of of getting content out there but that was what year um not too long ago it was no. maybe 2019 2018 the the latest but i mean things have changed things have changed quite a but, bit. but he's not there anymore and he's not there anymore he's not there anymore so, so i was always picking he was still there um in 2020 he was still there but the pandemic happened and i remember talking to him about bloodshot right. the movie because it never got a proper release in theaters. No. So I was like, you know, it's unfortunate that it got released. He goes, well, we're still number one. Hey, we're still the number one movie people chose to watch. And I'm like, yeah, good on you. Good way to look at it. Uh-huh. People weren't going to the theaters and it still was the number one movie somehow. Right. So, and it was fine. It was, it was, uh, you have seen it. I did. I, I did see it because I, I just, I really want to support, the product i don't want it to go away i want the library of it to exist so if yeah. some part of it that i whether it's the movies whether it's the books or the collected editions i'm in yeah it's because you told it to me completely and i mean I, i'd read some before and i knew that a part of me was just being obstinate but there were some bits i really really liked and it's funny because like i'm reading harbinger now and i know that people go yeah it's basically just a rip off of x-men it isn't no. It isn't. 
No. I mean, the whole approach is completely different. It's part of it is more kind of conspiracy. It's more subtle. There's business-like elements to it. It's like, it's not as in your face as big, colorful spandex super teams facing each other at a big airport. You know, it's like, it's not that. It's it's almost more real world. That's what's cool about Valiant is that they take, when you can take the character and break the toy apart and be like, there's this part that's like that. Then if you like this, that's there too. And if you know you ever watch James Bond, like, yeah, that's there. But it's like James uh-huh. Bond and Batman with 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 Iron Fist. Like, that's Ninjack. Like, how did how that's cool. And and Harbinger <laughs> is like the Teen Titans meets the runaways. Yeah. And kind of the X Men. Or even a little Doom yeah. Patrol. Like, it's got a bit of all of that. It's a bit of everything. Right. I there's other bits in it as well, but that's the thing. It's kind of it's it's the thing with it is it's like you want to do the elevator pitch thing to get people to understand what it is, but it still doesn't do it justice because it's its own thing. And and they're almost they're like the X Men and the Inhumans with a mix of the Runaways. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There is a yeah. Because the renegades are like the runa- runaways, right? Plainly, that's that's. But it. then there's, they're involved in a whole other conspiracy thing in a secret war. Peripherally, <laughs> so even if they weren't part of it, it's an interesting enough story to have those two things up against each other. But they're in the middle, so that's your kind of. I guess they the most relatable to you as a reader. And like the team experience the story, the team that is the 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 renegades. I don't know why I call the team Harbinger because the book is titled Harbinger, which is an interesting choice, right? Usually the yeah. book is named after the team in the book. Yeah. But the diversity that people talk about today nonstop is in that book in such a subtle way that you don't even – like you believe Faith. Yeah. And she is basically Adele. <laughs> Early Adele, <laughs> right? Or um oh what was her name the comedian yes the Australian comedian yes exactly perfect uh, that's a perfect casting call for <laughs> really but she's Good also work, yeah but she's also kind of like um a Kamala Khan in a way yeah she kind of yeah she's a fan girl yeah but it and someone would say oh that's just a rip off of Kamala no it's not it's not so, at all it's was it before Kamala Khan I think it was before. I actually think it was before, but I don't look at Kamala Khan as a ripoff of Faith. No, they're actually, just they might have been simultaneous. I think they might have been at the same time. It's hard to say, but yeah. the point is, they're fangirls. Yeah, and they're very, but it never felt forced. No, it doesn't feel forced at all. No, it didn't feel like the creator was making a book about themselves, mm-hmm. which. I feel like is happening a lot these days. Yeah, as part of what is, I find a little off-putting. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like there's an agenda. Well, I mean, the thing is, there can be an agenda. Everyone's got an agenda. Everyone has, but it shouldn't feel like it's being shoehorned into something with a little bit of story seller taped on the side and on a post-it note. This feels like a, a naturally flowing story. And what's funny is that the. IPs that are owned by a corporation, those writers are putting, it feels like 
they're putting their personal beliefs and agendas more in those books than some of the indie stuff that they might do. Like a lot really? of the, well, I shouldn't say that, but it's like when I get an image book and the person is yeah. making whatever they want to make, they're not making what Marvel and DC are, everyone there is making. It seems to be going out of well, their way. That's where I start to think it's Marvel and DC's agenda. That's it's not what, those creators' agenda. That's the that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. just a strange business plan that at at after a while just seems to become insincere. I I find it insulting. Yeah. You know, because it it's tick boxing to me and it's that's not a positive thing. It's like when people people have a real issue with companies that fly the rainbow flag when it's Pride Month, and the rest of the year, you know, they don't necessarily treat anyone who would fly that flag any better. You know, it's just like we we need to be doing it because everyone else is doing it. That's kind of how it feels, at least definitely from Marvel um, at the moment. It just feels very forced and. Transparent to me, but yeah, I mean, you never want to get to a point. I think when you get to a point where, in anything, like for me, it was. Um, I often talk about liking professional wrestling, but I, it's predictable for me now. I know, uh. I know the product well enough that I'll still be surprised by the performance, but I can kind of dictate where here's the ebb and flow of how the match will work. Yeah. Right. I know it's predictable. I know what they're going to do. I know someone's going to run in now. This guy's going to go, he's going to duck. I know the routine now, how they execute it and do all of that. That's, that's cool. But with Marvel and DC, it's starting to feel like that. It's like, let me, yeah. get, let me guess the big news. This is going to happen. They're going to, this character yeah. is going to die and be replaced by, someone of a different color did I, am I close or did they come out of the closet it does feel like that is the the aim and I just I don't know it it doesn't feel like the days when you would just announce a new series John I'm going to announce a new series this is a new series like great I want to read the, what's the story about it's not sold on story right and that's a very strange way to sell stuff um, because that's where it feels forced and engineered. And it's just a very slippery slope because it just feels, like I said, it just feels very transparent. It just doesn't feel like their goal is to produce good content. I hate, this, I hate the word content. But, you know, good stories, good comics. Because that's the thing, Every time, everything I pick up, so I tried Black Widow. Yes. And I can't get out of my head that they've already done a big death story for Black Widow in Civil War Two, But now she's back again. And it wasn't even that long since that had happened, that Black Widow happens. Hmm. Well, I think it was Civil War Two. She got killed off. Well, no, Secret Empire. She got killed off in Secret Empire. Which happens later. That happens much. Oh, was it later? Yeah, it happens later. This, be this is before Secret I'm Empire. I'm getting it back to front. Because I think my understanding, she'd been killed and then she'd been brought back a clone. She'd been cloned. And then part of what that Black Widow, Mark Wade, Chris Samley series, I could have this completely wrong, was to give her the rest of her memories back so she could just basically be Black Widow again. Yeah, I was. See, that for me, I just read the series as the series. 
I didn't go in with no pre like any baggage because I hadn't read any Black Widow comics before. The thing is that I haven't read any of it, but I saw all the stuff about the advertising for the story, and this is the problem with their with their current way of selling things: is this character's gonna die? Someone's gonna die, and you go like, "Oh, oh Black Widow's dead." Okay, how long will that last? And then then there's a Black Widow series, and you go, "Didn't they just kill Black Widow off?" And it feels like that keeps happening to the point where that death is meaningless. Mm. And that's when I'm like, when I'm reading a story, I'm reading a Valiant book. Um, I know what's going to happen, but I feel like if something does happen, that's permanent. Yeah. Whereas I'm reading a Marvel book and I'm going, there's no gravity. There's no weight. Nothing has any weight because you're just going to undo it tomorrow. If you announce that a new film is going to come out starring a certain character or they've got a certain villain in it, you're going to bring them back from the dead if they're dead. Yeah, the consequence, the like, I'm sure there's good story. Like, I'm hearing very positive things about Zeb Wells' Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. Across the board, it just seems to be like, hey, this is this is good Spider-Man. Thank you for just giving us good Spider-Man again. Something uh-huh. new. Um, and, a f- like, uh, Adam Chapman is liking it a lot, and, and uh, Kevin Boyd, both both big Spider-Man guys, like two of the people I know as big, big Spider-Man fans, are saying it's good. And I'm like, okay, great, but... And then? Do you want to read it? I do, but I'm also at like a point I'm like, and then? What are they going to reverse mm-hmm. and change and, and uh, what won't count anymore? Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, I got so much Spider-Man yeah. to read that I haven't read already. Like, I'll just, that's where I feel with it now. And what, what are yeah. they going to try to change or add to the character to uh, update it, let's say? Quote, unquote, update it. And I'm just like, ah. My, the comic, like, I think good comics, I just think they age well. Like, I'm reading Captain America from James DeMatteis right now in one of the epic collections. Mike Zek art. Oh. It's just a joy. It's just a joy. Yeah. I don't care that it's 40 years old. I don't. God, is it 40 years old? Yeah, it must be. 40 years old I can't believe that it's 40 years old and cat and I'm I'm taking pictures from some of the panels because I'm like this makes more sense I saw those. yeah yes. like this is this is the point like what happened where this is no longer and I still feel it's it for how relevant and it is 40 years ago it's just to me like good comics age well yeah they do well any good story ages well you yeah. know, not not every story is new that's popular, right? You know, I mean, they're just releasing the Sandman as a as a TV series. That's pretty damn old now. You know, what was the other thing that you watched? I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place, but you said you watched. Oh no, it was sorry. So the one I watched was League of League of Super Pets, and yes. the one I wanted to watch was Bloodshot. Oh, it's not new, but okay. I, but I want to watch gotcha. it. Which I'd actually literally. Um, my wife wants to see my wife wants to see um, Thor I just don't (laughs) like oh really I'll go but I don't I don't have any interest in it it's not aging well in my memory you know when you leave the theater and like the next day it's like you know what I kind of like that movie more than I thought I did Uh that's not happening with Thor Mm. 
I enjoyed it when I was in the theater. Like, this is fun. It had some moments that were quite deep and touching. Okay. Um, there was there was a for a fanboy like a Jim Starlin fanboy like myself. There was like a moment where I was just like, oh, that's so cool. <coughs> okay. But they ruin it with comedy. It's just like you you, you didn't have to tell a joke there. We've gotten enough right. laughs. We get, but you didn't have to worry about the movie, us forgetting that you've made this a comedy by having a real moment because this character is still, um, you could very well treat this character with reverence. Like you can make this Shakespearean if you wanted to, and it would really work. And it's kind it's somewhat of a missed opportunity, but I also like that you've made it funny, but you're going too far mm. with the funny. Hmm. Well, I mean, some friends of mine who aren't really, they've never really read any of the comics. They just went, it was trying too hard to be a comedy. I hate it. Kind of like, oh, okay. They went like, how much of it is funny in the comics? I'm like, there's a certain period that's kind of funny. And there's probably some later bits that have some humor in, but it's generally not. But I, I love the Simonson stuff so much. Um, that has lots of funny moments in it. But I think, I think we find it funny because we are familiar with the material at that point. And we're like, oh, he's he's just going for it. Like, this is, it's the more you know it, you find it, like, that's great. But that's, I think that's the thing with the more you know. And that's the problem I've got with Marvel at the moment. It's like, this, it, this is no way meant to sound arrogant. But I know too much. Yeah. I have a website where I've read, it shows that I have read tons of these stories. I know the, the <laughs> histories too well. And then it gets to a point where you're going, no, 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 that isn't, that isn't this character. Or you've already done this before. Or, or you know, or you're unpicking stuff for no good re- And it's like a lot of other people will read a story like that and just go, yeah, it was great. Which is cool because I, I envy that because I can't have that. <laughs> I can't have what you've got. It's, it's, <laughs> it's painful to read some of it because I'm literally just going, no, no, you don't understand this yeah. character like you're, you're getting it all wrong you haven't even bothered to read the 60 years worth of history what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> well the, the, my issue is and we sound like old men griping but this is where my <laughs> hang up is but, but on, on just a creative level like a storytelling level from when I was a kid um, when I realized that Joker didn't kill Bruce Wayne's parents in the comics. That was just uh-huh. something they put into the movie. I was yeah. always upset about that. I'm like, why would they do that? It's not true. It's now everybody <laughs> thinks, now everybody thinks the Joker killed Bruce Wayne's parents and it's wrong. Like in my head, I don't know why I felt that way. I wasn't even like a huge, huge fanboy collector where I was just, it was just, I knew that. Yeah. I almost prefer, and then I watched Mask of the Phantasm, which it, it it's not connected. I can't remember it. It's such a great movie. It's one of the best Batman films. I call <sighs> I it. I need to film. watch it. At least it's, get hold of it. It's so good, and they they change the Batman origin while still stick sticking true to the Batman origin. It, it's almost like a an amalgamation of everything good of Batman was in that movie, and they just made it work well. Mm-hmm. Even like the the Joker origin was 
rooted in the comic books, but still a little bit of a spin, right? But just right. right. It's like that. That makes sense. Um, great movie. But then I started to now, like you said, when you watch, like for me, going back to the to the Love and Thunder, having just finished the omnibus and rereading that material for the second time, and enjoying it and saying like that's that's pretty good stuff all across the board. And you watch this movie and like anyone who wants to read this because they they like this, one, if you didn't like this, you'll never want to read an amazing story. Yeah. And then people who do want to read this story because they liked it, they're not going to get what they've been sold. Like it's not the story. So for me, it's like I know it doesn't matter, but I like that connective tissue of one makes the other better back and forth. It, it's going to – yeah. that's what you want. I don't want Jason Aaron's Thor piece by piece by piece. But what I would like is if you like The Winter Soldier, check out Ed Brubaker. It will yeah. it'll satisfy you. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, and I think that's the – it's almost like that edited trailer thing in a weird way. You know, you're setting people up for a product that isn't what exi- it's not what exists. You know, the film. If you treat the film as a trailer for the comics, I've had this whole conversation as well. Like, I know they're not meant to be a trailer for the comics, but you know, it would be nice if they were a gateway. But they're not because they're misselling it. But um, I remember, I remember being um, on like a lunch break thing at work, and someone was. I was having a chat with someone about something quite heavy. Um, they were. T- I can't remember what they were telling me. It was something quite personal. And then there was someone else who was like a member of my old band who was sat there, and they were saying, "So it's like, how does it work? Because you you know a bit about this stuff as well." They were saying to him like, "About what well, is Deadpool like a mutant or what?" He went, and he was kind of like half looking at me, going, "Deadpool, yeah, he's he's a mutant um, who's got um, yeah, he's got the same powers as Wolverine." And I just basically went like, "I'm really sorry, I know this is serious, right?" <laughs> and I turned around and I had to like correct him. You're getting this all wrong. This is important. It's because like people are basing it on the bad films, you mm-hmm. know. Because I mean, Wolverine Origins was a bad film. Like yeah. this whole thing of Deadpool with no mouth. What the hell? That's not even Deadpool. And that's why, especially the further we seem to go with the MCU stuff, I don't even like saying those letters together at this point. Um, it's it's further and further away from the source material to the point where even if they're introducing a new character, who's an old character for us, they seem so distant from what they were. I mean, people people were saying to me a while back, who would you most like to see? And my answers originally were, I'd love to see Death's Head um, and Machine Man. But I think, like, at this point, I wouldn't like to see Machine Man because he would be wacky, funny little machine man. And it's, it, would, it would bug me. He'd be like Inspector Gadget. He'd probably keep tripping over himself hilariously or something. Death's Head would probably be accurate still because there's a lot of humor in Death's Head. So that could work. But I don't know. I don't know what they do to make Death's Head. They probably completely alter his origins to the point where it's not actually Death's Head anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Strangely enough, in a, in kind of a, a contradiction but I watched Miss Marvel it was quite good okay um, 
it does it it, it I, you I seem went so in, serious when you said no that. I went into it I went into it preparing to not like it very okay. skeptical I didn't watch it as it came out weekly I waited for it to finish maybe two weeks after then me and my wife watched it and um, surprisingly I'm not sure why I'm surprised but surprisingly it was very nice show. Okay. And it felt and nothing felt forced. Nothing. It was true to the essence of Kamala Khan and and her heritage and the relationship with her family. Like they got it, all those bits, you know. Right. Um. But I don't understand why they changed this. What seems to be the source of her power, or how she uses it, that kept bothering me. Yeah, that's what's put me off watching it. I mean, the thing is as well, like from my perspective as a huge, huge, huge old school Marvel nerd, and even though I haven't read a huge amount of clandestine comics, I'm a big Alan Davis fan. They've used the clandestine and they're not the clandestine. Right. So why bother having the clandestine? Why why call them that? Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, that stuff's like the same that happened with Jimmy Woo. I love Jimmy Woo. And because like Bendis said this, Brian Michael Bendis said that when he wrote Avengers Disassembled and he killed off Hawkeye because he thought no one cared about Hawkeye because he didn't care about Hawkeye. And then he killed off Hawkeye and then so many people sent in hate emails, hate letters. Because <clears throat> every character has their fan. Right. So don't put Jimmy Woo in Ant-Man and make him this hilarious FBI drummer. Like, well, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be a drummer, but like at one point I remember him sat at the drums. I'm just watching it going, this is the scope, what you could have had if you if you played the character right. Right. And you could have had potentially had Agents of Atlas in it because Agents of Atlas would be, it's so bizarre. What an awesome thing that could be as a film. And now I don't, I don't want them to touch it. Yeah, no, it gets to a point where people are like, oh, just, the only thing that I... I've wanted to see Marvel Studios do was a Fantastic Four movie. A good Fantastic Four movie. That's the only one that at this point in time I'm like, give that attention. That deserves uh-huh. all the bells and whistles. I don't care. Do you about think they should everything. do Doctor Doom or do somebody else? Because they've we've had Doctor Dooms a couple of times now. And it's not been great. You have to do Doctor Doom and you gotta do it right. So that people won't even remember the villains from the other movies. They're like, who's the villain in the first one? Was it Doctor Doom? That's how good they have to do it. Because Doctor Doom is such an essential character to Marvel. He is the Marvel villain. Like, terrestrial villain. Oh, he's, yes, you're absolutely right. He is, yeah, terrestrial. In terms of terrestrial villains, he is the big bad guy. He's the guy. He is Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and if anyone can figure out how to stop Thanos, you get what would Doom. But I kind of think they could have Doom in the second one, and then really bring it together in the third one. Yeah. You gotta have and him maybe in some way. You gotta. Establish- BFF didn't fight him straight away, and there's no. loads of other potential characters they could use. And I don't mean like Galactus Cloud. Um, but they could have a kind of frightful four. Yeah. They could. They've got a huge amount of characters. The Fantastic Four, yeah. even if half of them have been used already, 
before the actual Fantastic Four themselves at this point. Because <laughs> like they've kind of done the Inhumans, they've had the Black Panther, they've had Claw. They've had Claw before the Fantastic Four. What? Um, but there's tons to choose from. I mean, God, even if they went the Kaiju route and did Mole Man stuff. Yeah, that'd be really neat. That'd be really neat. I mean, they're going to have uh, She-Hulk. Yeah. They've got the whole Marvel Universe on screen, except for the Fantastic Four. Like, that is the heart of a Marvel Universe. You do not yeah. have Marvel Universe without them. It's a travesty. Well, they did it with the Ultimate Universe, though, as well, didn't they? They came along later. Yeah. But I don't think that ever really worked. And that's the problem with the Fantastic Four. I think we said this before. Like, I do still kind of think like they, don't, they shouldn't call it Fantastic Four. I know that might be controversial in some people's minds, but the name of it sounds outdated at this point. Where they got the Future Foundation or the FF, and it's the future, so they could call it FF. And it means Future Foundation, and they can refer to them as the Fantastic Four, but not lead with that. FF is good. Yeah. FF, yeah. Because they're still the FF. Yeah. And that, when they released FF as a series, the Hickman's FF series was fucking awesome. Oh, um, great series. <laughs> yeah. And, but just those two letters in bold, FF, was, was cooler than Fantastic Four. Fantastic yeah. Four is dated as hell. I mean, him being called Mr. Fantastic, come on. Never do. You call him Reed. It's always Reed. You can't call him Reed. Did I tell you, though, my daughter calls him uh, the Fantastic Mr. Four. <laughs> that's a great, that's a better name. Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Four, FMF. She's mixed him with the Fantastic Mr. Fox and made him the Fantastic Mr. Four. And to me, he's always the Fantastic Mr. Four now. That's, that's really good. I like that. Um, I had an idea today to do a take it or leave it episode with you. We're 45 <laughs> minutes in. But I want to give it a test run. Can we give it a test run? Tell you what, why don't we save it for another episode? Okay. Yeah, let's do it justice. We'll make this a quick speakeasy. Okay. Or, or we can or we can say we can well we'll come up with a special name for this one. This is a catch up. This is a catch up yeah. episode, right? We're we're we yeah. we we talked about everything. I like this one. This was a good one. Alright, so for the next episode we will do take it or leave it. Okay. Dear. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're closing in on episode 300 soon. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a couple of really good episodes coming up. Uh, rate and review the show. Uh, follow Omniverse Comics Guide on Instagram. Anywhere else that they need to follow us, Dave? Oh, ball bags. I was going to talk about the Discord again. Jump on our Discord. We'll include the link. We'll include the link. I need to get a new link. The, um, Discord, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Tumblr. Yes, even Tumblr. Um, Vero because <laughs> everyone's on Vero everyone's talking about Vero now yeah um, loads of places we'll, we'll stick a load of links in awesome thank you everybody for listening <laughs> we'll be back very soon bye